0: And into Metro FM Talk here on the mighty Metro, and uh, joining us for our business wrap this evening is Chief Investment Officer and founder at Markwe Fund Managers, Markwe Masilela. Markwe, what's day,
1: Sweet, I was at my out here, and good evening to
0: the end Ah, thanks, Makwe, man. You know Nandi, my sweet, always. Makwe, I want us to start off um, out in China. And uh, we're going to be touching on China quite a bit this evening. We're going to be speaking to Didi later on, the ride-hailing business uh, from out in China. But, uh, yeah, it does seem, I guess, uh, in the product market space, uh, there's big... Uh, challenges that are facing China. They are the center. They are the factory of the world, in a sense. And uh, some of the supply chain disruptions, they become global supply chain disruptions. And so I guess it's welcome news to hear that the third busiest port terminal in China reopens uh, today. Uh, What is this going to mean, I guess, for the global supply of products uh, to many a market, ourselves included?
1: I think that's very good news, Aya, because remember, this whole thing, when they had to close the port, it was happening at a time when the global demand was picking up. And as you said, you know, China is one of the biggest importers to the world. So, when you get just a, a minor disruption, whether it's going to be for a week or half a week, unfortunately, that's going to destabilize the system. And you are right, it's some relief, you know, for stretch shipping routes with that announcement that China's second busiest post has reopened. And also remember, now people have been stocking up towards the silly season. So, demand is just quite high, you know. And yes, we've just seen some signs that the global economy is looking as if it's doing okay. And as we know, That China manufactures so many things, so yeah, any disruption that side, and I think it's not just the second busiest port, you know, in China, but it's the third busiest in the world. So that tells you the importance of this whole thing already. There were bottlenecks. So when you get to whatever bit of disruption, then obviously it's going to affect you badly. And I don't think it's for the first time this is happening. I think we had one happening sometime around in May as well, all because of COVID issues that some employees tested for COVID. I mean, tested positive when it comes to COVID. Then unfortunately, they had to close the court.
0: And... I mean, just when you think about, I guess, the these issues, because they say the person who was at the center of this particular sort of massive transmission and spread uh, in this particular port had been vaccinated. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood that we're going to see these flare-ups again, uh, even in the population of the vaccinated and the implications that those are going to have on uh, these global supply chain disruptions that we've become quite familiar with now?
1: I think I have to be honest, you know, for... for, for for now, and I think medium to short to medium term, we should see this as a new normal, but we are definitely going to see some flare-ups, you know. I mean, just to put this whole thing into perspective, I mean, now it costs $11,000 US for a container to ship goods from Shanghai to L.A., and that's a new record, and it's more than 220% higher compared to with a year ago that just shows you you know the demand when it comes to this whole things and definitely people have they're not going to risk their lives if they risk some issues about COVID, then by all means, they'll want to be protected. And remember, employees, they don't really care about me and me, whether we're getting our goods or services. They're there to work at the port. And yes, if they feel that their lives so is at risk, then definitely they won't be going to work. And I don't think it's only a port issue. I mean, it can even happen to some of the factories, whether mm. in China or local, or even in some of the big stores, you know, it can happen. And then we'll be forced to close. So I think this is one of those things you should be ready for that you have to live with it for the time being.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mark, what do you make of uh, the numbers that have come through from pharmaceuticals player Adcock Ingram? Uh, they, like many of the hospital groups, have battled with you know lower elective surgeries. Uh, the typical flu season that normally is expected didn't happen as uh, as planned, uh, and that certainly had a hit on some of the big parts of their business where they make most of their money.
1: Definitely. I think the group itself, for me, it delivered a resilient performance and this is an environment characterized by this continuing adverse impact of COVID-19, tough economic environment high levels of unemployment which are impacting on consumer spending. And you are right, you know, Atkut Ingram is the largest in South Africa when it comes to flu, cold and cough. But yes, they feel a good demand when it comes to their immune boosting products, but the poor when it comes to the cough, cold and flu, as you said, because of the absence of a flu season in South Africa. And remember, as much as the group itself, their activities are essential services and they continue to operate. Throughout, you know, producing and supplying those medicines, whatever. But for a fact, that we have seen that there's been a low level of patients consulting with their doctors. So that tells you when it comes to prescription, the demand was not that good. And as you said, also that whole thing of people postponing elective surgery. So Revenue up 6%, not too bad. Mm. But gross profit declined by a near 2%. I think we can leave with that higher. Yeah. And as well, if you look at their profits, measure the set line in its per share, only down 3%. But the guys managed to declare a final dividend of almost 90 cents per yeah, share.
0: And I guess that's because the reserves are strong, Mark. I want us to pause here for a second and uh, we're going to take a brief spot break. When we come back, Uh, We'll take a look at what's uh, been happening at Richards Bay and uh, it does seem RBM might be able to reopen their operations. We'll also take a look at this cannabis master plan that's been released and uh, we'll continue with our business wrap on the other side of this. 24 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories, uh, taking the latest in the world of money and power. Markwe Masilela is my guest. He's the chief investment officer and founder at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, uh, we took a look just before we went to the break for those who just joined us at uh, the numbers that have come through from Adcock Ingram Holdings and uh, also uh, reported uh, yeah, the reopening of uh, China's uh, third busiest port and uh, the implications that would have for global supply chains. Makwe, let's uh, take a look, I guess, at uh, Richards Bay now. Uh, Yeah, all the way out in Agos Kawin, where it does seem, I mean, there's been some issues between many of the uh, communities alongside the RBM operations. Uh, Just give us some of the context before we get to, uh, I guess, what uh, the latest is, uh, because they'd issued a force majeure at some stage, but uh, that had come long after a lot of other developments that had happened.
1: Yeah, it's a question of it just not being safe for the guys to operate because of unrest around the area. Communities apparently demanding more financial benefits coming out of the mine, more staff coming out of the mine, disrupting the mines. But I think what made things worse, that's when that general manager was brutally murdered. And then the guys felt that, you know what, this is just too much and then they've decided then to close the operations because it was no longer safe for them to operate as a company and as we all say you know that one of our most important assets in a company are our employees so if it's not safe for them to come to work you might as well you know close and apparently some of the mining equipment has been stolen stuff like that so the Rio Tinto had We didn't have much choice, but just to close the operation and start to work things out to make sure that at least they return, you know, when it's really safe for the guys to operate. And it's not for the first time, or maybe we've seen it as well. Remember the issues in Mozambique as well, Mm. when total as well, they had to close because of security issues. So you cannot even debate that issue if your employees are not safe by all means You just have to close
0: shop. Yeah. Look, I mean, Makwe, I guess the, the, the other sort of uh, much longer context to this is that, you know, um, there was a deal, a BE deal arrived at in 2009, uh, yeah. which uh, opened the way for the establishment of community trusts for some of the four communities alongside RBM's yeah. operations. here, And the idea was that they would get dividends um, and uh, those dividends would be used to uh, support broad-based, you know, community objectives. Now, it's quite clear that somewhere, somehow, those relationships broke down. Um, And I'm quite interested, I guess, in what the role is of these trusts themselves and how those were governed, but also what the role is of RPM, because it does seem that uh, much of the uh, anger of the community had been directed at the company.
1: You know, the trust, the beneficiaries, they they will support.
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, that's, that's the nub of the issue here that um, you know while the company itself had created these trusts had you know committed that these dividends would be used for a particular matter i mean it doesn't mean now that they must stand aside um and not have some obligation because you don't just you know the whole point of i guess a social and labor plan is that you have to make sure that that money is also used for that purpose uh, using whatever influence that you have you know it's not it's not just a blank check that you're giving and i think in some cases you know a lot of these operations outsource or offshore the problem, yeah, we've paid our part yeah, to the yeah. trust. That's isn't genius.
1: You are right. You have to follow the money. And it's not only about the trust. It's also when, when people start doing the, uh, the CSI as a company that you have donated X amount to whatever cost. You don't really follow it to see that it did really deliver what was supposed to be delivered. So, yes, you are right. As a company, you should follow the money and make sure that it managed to achieve whatever that you wanted it to achieve. But also, you as trustees, you as communities, it's also your responsibility to hold your trustees account as well that yes this is how much was given to you let's see what happened in the money so I think it takes two to tango we cannot just leave it that to the company itself you know but yes you as trustees you have to play your part and I agree I mean or maybe I think they also need to rectify a statement that they've made that it's very important for um or you collect richard bay minerals to start operating again so that the workers in the community can benefit. I think they have to also include that also it's important for them to operate so that shareholders can also benefit.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, with that, uh, I mean, I, I'm certainly going to follow very closely. I've even reached out now to the people out on Twitter. I'd love to speak to one of the fora involved. So if you know how we can get hold of them, please give us a ring, zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. We know some of the groups that, uh, I guess, have been involved in these negotiations. Uh, we know Inkosi, Muzai Pimtiane, the Sokulu Traditional Council, Sokulu Youth Forum, Sokulu Environmental and Disaster Committee, you know, and some of the provincial leadership then KZN have been involved in that dialogue uh, but i'd love to speak to the so called youth forum and get a sense from some of them i mean uh, so yeah if uh, if you know Mark Webb, please let us know man or, and um, any yeah. of our listeners
1: yeah i mean i'd love to to speak to some I how you could I I think you've got the point, especially with the numbers that we saw yesterday. Mm. You know, that our our youth unemployment, you know, is yeah. at new record highs of over sixty four percent. I think those are the right people as well to talk yeah. to to see yeah. exactly are they seeing any benefits when it comes to this whole uh, PE transaction.
0: Exactly, because you know they are probably the people that are most skeptical. You know, if uh, yes. if RPM says, yeah, well you guys are stalling our investment plans here. I mean, if those young people are saying. We know even if you do invest there, that there won't be any, you know, local value distribution or, or beneficiation on our end. There's always those question marks and issues that that would arise. Maybe a last one here, Mark. Where uh, I'd love to hear your views on this. The cannabis master plan. I mean, there was a story uh, in the business news yesterday of a South African company looking to make a foray into the space. Smack bang. The next day, uh, we hear of this master plan presented to lawmakers.
1: Uh, what do you make of it? who understand mm. how lucrative that market is yeah. back home here that they even come and buy shares in companies in South Africa. Yeah.
0: I think we're leaving Mark with so much value, so many jobs, so much money on the table when it comes to this one, man. I and mean and I this think is that's our problem. Yeah, because this, this is a
1: low lying fruit. exactly.
0: You know, I mean if you look just at agriculture more broadly, I mean horticultural sure. activities are some of the most labor intensive forms of activity. Okay. Um, you know, much more labor intensive in some cases than even, you know, um uh, livestock production and rearing and that kind of thing. So so I think we're leaving a significant amount of value on the table here and uh, it's about time uh, that uh, some of these uh, processes move swiftly along. But Makwe, we're going to have to leave hey, it there, uh, Khotmaniaka. Uh, as always, ales Makwe Masilela, the chief investment officer and founder at Makwe Fund Managers, helping us for the first part of our business wrap. We take this brief break. We catch up with the stats. Hey, it does seem there's been a rebasing and a re-benchmarking of our national accounts. Yeah, we ask what all of that means.